in case you missed it, my book Anatomy of Abundance hit the market and it is officially an Amazon bestseller. We couldn't have done it without your help. Thank you for being here and supporting me. If you haven't picked up your copy, pick it up today. Learn how to transcend the limits of scarcity and rewrite your life's narrative, transforming it into a story of boundless prosperity and fulfillment with Anatomy of Abundance. Join renowned author Petrina Wisdom and 16 Brilliant Minds on a Transformative Journey. Discover awe-inspiring narratives and empowering strategies to attain abundance in relationships, career, health, and wealth. Every purchase breathes life into a remarkable cause, donating book proceeds to the Shine Organization. Shine Organization empowers sex trafficking survivors to break free from scarcity, fear, and past traumas, and boldly create their own unique path to abundance through entrepreneurship. Buy your copy today. You're listening to Fuck Being Stuck, the podcast where we spotlight women who've gone from managing to mastering life's challenges and the badass practitioners that are changing the way we heal. I'm Dr. Sabrina Nicole, psychologist, coach, author, and speaker. But more importantly, I'm a woman who had my own journey to mastering chronic pain. You don't need to be stuck anymore. Fuck that. Hello, everyone. Today, my guest is Annie Musu. She's a certified EFT tapping master practitioner and host of the Hush Your Mind podcast. She helps women build confidence, set empowered boundaries, and enjoy healthy relationships. Her struggles with people-pleasing and perfectionism spurned her inner growth journey. Originally from California and now living in France, which we probably need to talk about too, Annie offers EFT sessions online to help others speak their truth and come home to themselves. You can find Annie on Insight Timer and her podcast or discover her blog articles at hushyourmind.com. Welcome, Annie. Thank you, Dr. Sabrina. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Oh, wow. There's so much to talk about here. And I feel like it's been ages since we first chatted. <laughs> so true. Yes. So let's start. First of all, Hush Your Mind. What a beautiful title for a podcast. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yes, Hush Your Mind. It's definitely, yeah, one of the first things that came to mind when I when I created my website and the podcast is is just the necessity to learn to, to, to distinguish, you know, who we are versus the voice we hear, um, the inner critic most of the times, you know, get, gets in the way. And so Hush Your Mind was the the first step I took to my healing journey. Mm. So tell us a little bit about your journey, because I feel like every guest I have, it's like what they're doing is so personal because it's attached to their own journey. And then yes. that journey now inspired them on a new mission. So talk a little bit about your journey. Yes. Well, I grew up with an overcritical father, always walking on eggshells and anticipating his angry outbursts. And so I learned to people please and appease him, uh, sacrifice who I am just to make sure he you know, loves me and approves of me all the time. So I became an overachiever and a perfectionist, um, learned to stay small and not ask for much. And so that followed me into adulthood and it was the loudest wake up call was my codependent marriage with my husband. And so we had these daily abusive arguments and they were just taking over our lives. And I did not know how to know how to get out of that. 
And that was when I looked up information online on how to forgive, really basic research on just how do I get out of this hell. And I, you know, found really inspirational spiritual texts that really woke me up. And I started sharing them with my husband. He was a little hesitant in the beginning, but eventually we realized that there was a lot more going on to our relationship than just what we were both bringing to the table as two people. We had trauma and codependency for many generations back, and this was all being recreated in a relationship from a day-to-day basis. And so we spent a whole decade to our healing. We're still healing, but we've done most of the work, I'd, I'd, I'd like to say, because we're very much rejoicing in the love that we have today. So we've been able to transform our relationship from a very toxic, emotionally abusive relationship to a thriving, happy marriage today. And we're constantly doing this work together. Every argument is an opportunity for healing and for connection. And we, we sit down and we calm down our egos. And eventually we try to find the bridge between what we're saying, between our two stories. And every single time, we're uh, so surprised to find that there's most of the time an an inner child, um, a small part of us who's crying out for love, for help in some way. And if we don't really know how to hush our minds, we might not ever hear that voice. And we might continue believing that the other person is our enemy. And so we decided to look within first and foremost and do the work together to transform this relationship. And now I, I, after doing that, I realized how important these personal relationships are to our daily lives and how we show up in every aspect of our lives and how this could be one of the main keys to world peace is trying to understand one another on a very deep level finding that empathy and that compassion, finding that bridge between our two very different stories or two or more many different stories, there must be some sort of common ground linking us together. And so that has become my mission today is to help people thrive in healthy relationships. Wow, that's beautiful. When you talk about you and your husband, it's like you both had to have a certain level of awareness to even begin to do the work together. Yes, and there has to be a level of trust to be able to yes to see that in each other and be like okay this is what we need to work on yes yes so that's pretty pow- that's very powerful you know i think everything goes back to those primary relationships as much as we you know go into adulthood thinking that they don't matter and that was in the past you know everything goes back to how we not only define love but that affects how we give and receive it. Mm-hmm. So did you find that you two had to really define what, what love really was for the two of you? Oh, yes. I came in with ideas of love means to sacrifice yourself. That's what I saw growing up, mm. especially the woman in the family. My mom sacrificed all of her desires. She just said yes to everything. My dad had all the control in the household Um, On top of that, he controlled all the finances. And my mom would always say to me, he's the one who makes the money. He's the one who controls the household. And so I learned Mm. that's how it is in relationships. And if you really love someone, you will sacrifice everything, everything on every level for the other person. And so I thought I was doing a good thing (laughs) 
to step over myself and uh, be the person my husband needed to be or who I thought he needed me to be for our marriage. But I saw that that was a dead end and it was killing me. Um, there are many times that mm. I wanted to leave and I was afraid to leave. And, you know, I think it was something called me to keep opening my heart over and over and mm. over after every single violent dispute. It was something called me to stay and to understand and to reach out again and again and again. I think that's the most terrifying thing you can do is to put down your weapons in an argument, mm -hmm. even with a loved one, because you're going to risk getting hurt and it, you might get risk getting hurt again and again and again. And so we mm -hmm. held on to the hope that after every discussion, even if it took six hours to get to some sort of reconciliation, sometimes arguments lasted an entire day, you know, we saw that the other person wanted to improve. The other person wanted to make an effort to improve things in the relationship. And so if it wasn't perfect the next time around, we tried to recognize, oh, you made the effort to speak up. I know that wasn't easy. Or, oh, I recognized you, you know, didn't get angry right away when I stood up for myself this time. It took maybe, you know, a minute for it to happen. Maybe the anger explode, you know, the explosion happened anyway, but it was a minute later or, you know, five minutes later. Um, mm -hmm. And so those were like the little breadcrumbs of hope that we had, that we were getting somewhere and we didn't have the resources for support, external support. So we were trying to figure this out on our own <laughs> and with internet searching. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So how do we, you know, people pleasing is easy to see in other people. Often we don't realize when we're the people pleaser, like it's our pattern too. Yeah. So how do we start to recognize? Hmm. Yes. I think the first thing is definitely to learn how to tune into your feelings whenever you act or you say something. So if you have some sort of interaction with a friend, your friend said something, you want to get into the habit of turning inwards and asking yourself, how am I feeling right now? This friend just said this. Um, maybe they, they didn't ask about how I was doing. We, we were catching up and we're talking about what they're up to the whole time. And I, I've just hung up the phone and I'm feeling a little tense in my body. I think the first thing would be even to pay attention to your bodily tension because your body will never lie. Your body will tell you the truth, even if your mind gets in the way. And that was where I was coming from. I'm a very rational, intellectual type of person where I'm stuck in my head most of the time. And so it was the big first step was getting into my body. And so if I took a moment to step back and recognize, oh, why am I feeling this tension in my chest right here? Why is it clenching in my throat? being curious about it, open to the experience, I realized as I sat with it that I would felt upset. And then I'd ask myself, what made me feel upset? Oh, eventually I realized it's because this is happening again. My friend is asking nothing about how I am. And, you know, they're wanting to talk about whatever's up in their life. And it's um, a one-way street in this friendship. And so the more I recognize how I feel in my body, the more I feel connected to how my, my emotions are showing up in certain situations. 
So that would be the very first step. Mm. Pay attention to your bodily tension and how you're feeling after an interaction or after you speak up for yourself or not. Pay attention to what your inner experience is, which is the opposite of what a, a people pleaser would do, right? A people pleaser turns outwards and pays attention to how other people are feeling more than their own. So it's reversing that habit and learning how to focus on our own experience instead. And then how would you suggest approaching the interaction the second time around if the friend has the same pattern of, you know, not asking mm. how you're feeling or? Yes. Well, I mean. It's one-sided. I usually would tell people in the past before I found the EFT, just speak up for yourself, right? Just set, say how you're feeling. That makes sense. It's simple. But there's a big step between recognizing how you feel and then actually speaking up for yourself. And that is the um, self-protective mechanisms that will get in the way. You might be able to confirm that I have this boundary. I want it to be a two-way street in my friendship. And now I got to go tell my friend that this is a boundary of mine. And you'll get anxious, maybe. Maybe your palms will get sweaty thinking about mm -hmm. it. Maybe your heart will beat faster. That's the stress response coming online. And that will actually keep you perhaps from saying something to your friend, or you might procrastinate from having that difficult conversation. You might not want to even deal with it. And you'll just keep having people walk all over you. So for me, the first thing now is after you're focusing on your inner experience to tap on it. So use EFT tapping, emotional mm. freedom techniques to switch into the relaxation response. You want to relax your mind reduce that anxiety first, rewire your brain to think differently about the same threat, about the same vulnerable situation that you're getting into. So that when you show up and you finally say something to your friend, you can come from a very grounded experience and it's a, um, you're saying it in a kind yet firm way and you're able to stick to that boundary. But a lot of people tell me, I've established my boundaries, but I can't stick to them. Well, it's because you have this old programming that's keeping you from sticking to those boundaries. It's not your fault. And so for me, the answer is EFT tapping. Rewire your brain so that your body feels safe speaking up for yourself. The modern world bombards our brains with an overwhelming amount of inputs and stressors. Our brains are struggling to adapt. A lack of brain balance means many of us are anxious, looking for energy in the wrong places, and struggling to get a good night's sleep. The solution is BrainTap. BrainTap combines a variety of proven methods that restore balance to your brain for optimal performance of mind and body. This technology communicates directly with your brain so you don't have to do anything. Simply sit back, relax, and push play. Central to BrainTap technology is the concept of brainwave entrainment. The brain will naturally synchronize with external rhythms. And several modalities are used to accomplish this, including binaural beats, isochronic tones, guided visualization, 10-cycle holographic music, and with the BrainTap headset, you'll have the added benefit of light frequencies. The overall benefits of BrainTap include improved clarity, improved quality of sleep, and more energy. Start your brain fitness journey today with a 14-day free trial. Click on the link in the show notes.
Wow. So can you explain a little more about EFT, what it is, how it works? Yes, yes. So emotional freedom techniques, EFT, or commonly called tapping, is a stress relief tool. It's an evidence-based modality that helps us reduce anxiety, calm our minds, um, reduce pain. And it's been proven for anxiety, depression, phobias, cravings, PTSD, so much more. And what happens when we tap on certain acupuncture points is that we're sending a calming signal to our brain, this part called the amygdala that's in charge of the fight or flight reaction. So fight, flight, fawning is people pleasing or freeze, right? These are the four survival mechanisms that, that we have. And so we're sending a calming signal to our brain, letting the body know it's safe and you're okay. So then from that, you can stay in the relaxation response. Your body goes into rest and repair. It boosts your immune system and you're calm, you're feeling grounded so that when you approach the same situation again, when it's time to have that difficult conversation with your friend who's not paying attention to how you're feeling, you can actually say it in a kind yet firm way and you can stand up for yourself knowing that um, you're in your right to speak up for yourself. You don't have to feel guilty about it because you know you're worthy. You're worthy of healthy relationships. You're worthy of having friends who care about how you feel and how you're doing in your life. You know, you're reprogramming your brain to think completely differently. And so that continues through aligned action, taking the action to have that conversation, to speaking up for yourself, saying what you need, becomes a no-brainer. <laughs> it's not. It's no longer forcing, you're no longer forcing yourself to do it. It's a natural result of reprogramming your brain. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. So when you work with people, do you go into the science behind it, behind EFT? Yes, I do. I find that it's helpful to learn a little bit about how the science works because tapping in itself looks so ridiculous. I mean, we're tapping literally with our fingertips (laughs) on our body parts, like on our face and our upper body. People will ask me like, what does this have to do with healing from people pleasing? And so I get into the science a little bit and it really helps people understand the why of what what we're doing. And so they gain an appreciation of how their body works and that it's actually a very concrete roadmap as to how to resolve this issue. We're not just poking in the dark. We're actually tapping on memories of oftentimes in childhood when people pleasing uh, became a habit, uh, times when we learned that it wasn't okay to speak up for ourselves, moments when we got punished or criticized, put down, diminished when we stood up for ourselves or talked about how we felt. So this oftentimes goes back to childhood and I explain to people, if we tap on the memories, this is what's going to be the most helpful because it's those memories that are keeping the people-pleasing habit in place. Where did this limiting belief come from? Where did people-pleasing come from? Where did this belief, I'm not worthy of speaking up for myself. I'm not worthy of feeling of deserving of good things in life. That's all oftentimes from childhood. And so we go back to those moments when we learned those beliefs, when we thought that that was how reality was, and we reframe them. We give the younger self the support that they needed, the love and the care, the reassurance that uh, 
they are safe and they are allowed to have feelings and desires and we give them the support and it's just so beautiful the ripple effects that it has uh, for us in our adult life because all of a sudden we find that we can speak up for ourselves so much more easily without the resistance and then after we stand up for ourselves we're not beating up ourselves for hours on end thinking did I do something wrong? Maybe it's my fault still. Maybe I should have said it differently. No, you can just say it and know that you're right in speaking up for yourself. You're feeling grounded in your power and you know, this is the right thing for me. And that's it. <laughs> you know. And so it's, a, it's about wow. undoing the program. And uh, EFT is a lot quicker for most people I work with, I mean, most people I work with, they've been to talk therapy for years and they haven't gotten the results that they wanted. And oftentimes it's because it's in our body. It's a trauma that's stored in our body. And so we want to meet the body where it is, release the long-held stress and trauma on a physical, mental, emotional, spiritual level. And that's why EFT tapping is, mm -hmm. in general, a very quick and super effective way of releasing this trauma and moving forward with ease. Yeah, it's funny because I heard that EFT was helpful to for people that meditate. In this particular style of meditation, Dr. Joe Dispenza's meditations, they're very intense, very deep. And a lot of people had difficulty relaxing into that state. But once they started learning tapping first as a strategy to relax, then they were able to access and um, benefit from the meditations, actually. Yes. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, that's, EFT is perfect for that. It's a wonderful stress relief tool. I mean, in an hour of group tapping, there's a study that shows that our cortisol levels go down by 43%. That's our stress hormone compared to listening, you know, having a listening therapist, 19%. And so it's extremely effective mm -hmm. in, I mean, I do demos, um, free sessions where we only do three rounds of tapping and there's a huge shift. People come in with a very high level of stress They'll note it at like a nine, for example. And by the end of three, four rounds, it's down to a two or a zero. And so, I mean, it is extremely effective, very accessible. The basic sequence, you know, even little kids can learn it. Some schools in the US actually use it uh, in schools to yes. calm down kids before getting into an assignment. And so, you know, this is a wonderful tool to have in your, you know, your stress relief tool belt. Uh, it's, it's, Everyone should be using it. You know, <laughs> it's um, there's. Wow. I mean, the very basic points. There's one on the collarbone point. I tell people tap on that. If you're even in an office or waiting somewhere, waiting in the line, you just tap on this acupuncture point right underneath your collarbone. You can rub it. No one will think you're you're nuts. Here, yes, right on underneath the collarbone point. Either one is fine. And you just start rubbing it, self soothing, and you will be. Telling your brain to calm down right in that moment. So it's a wonderful tool. Wow. So how do we get more people to start to embrace new techniques like EFT? Because this is a challenge is that it's unfamiliar to so many people. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't think it's going to work because they've tried either therapy or, you know, different thing, different ways to relax on their own. Mm -hmm. So how do we convince people to just give it a try. <laughs> well, each person is unique and we have different needs. So I think it's important to keep in mind that each modality, it, it might be right for you at a certain time in your life. 
it might, it might, might not be right for you at all. So you just have to give it a try or you really do. You can um, try tapping with a free YouTube video online and see how you feel afterwards. That said, it's not customized. So that's the down, uh, you know, the, mm-hmm. the downside of uh, free stuff online with EFT is that you can't customize the phrases because we do say phrases that are adapted to your situation. And that is most effective if you're saying things that are resonating with you and your situation. So, but most people can find some sort of relief just by tapping on the points. I mean, it can't hurt just to try the points. You can even tap without the words. As long as you feel anxious, you're already feeling upset, just start tapping right away and see what a difference that makes. And then you compare with how you felt maybe just two minutes ago. Do you feel better? Then that's a a great sign that maybe you should keep going. Maybe you should try more, (laughs) you know? And uh, I like to remind people that it's oftentimes our issues are tied and very stored in our subconscious mind and our body. And so thinking about it is not going to get you there. It's not a cognitive process. Healing is conscious and physical a lot of times. That's, and we want to heal, for example, physical issues. Maybe we've tried everything on a physical level, but we haven't dove into the emotional side of things. I know that's what you teach, Sabina. <laughs> that's what you're all about. Raising my hand. Yes, yes exactly. <laughs> or maybe we've, you know, mm-hmm. so that's why EFT is so effective is because it's, there's a physical aspect. You're tapping on the acupuncture points on your body, re- releasing the stress on a physical level. You're saying the phrases, so you're sending these, the, you're reframing the mental understandings of these habits, right? Saying new phrases, affirmative phrases, empowering yourself with positive self-talk, and you're releasing the emotions attached to it, to all these these habits, the people-pleasing habit, and I, you know what we're talking about. So it's um, either one of those levels maybe hasn't been addressed yet. So EFT is wonderful because it's going to touch all four, you know, physical, spiritual, emotional, and mental. So I think it's worth a try. (laughs) And I think the more science uh, shows how effective it is, more and more people will be learning about it and using it. There are over a hundred studies showing its efficacy. It's being used everywhere in schools and prisons, um, conference rooms, athletes, Coaches, I mean, a lot more people have been with veterans. I know uh, I've been hearing a lot of the work with veterans. Yes, yes. There's a free, um, you know, veteran program in the U.S. uh, so that they can receive support through EFT tapping. So it's becoming more and more widespread. And in places like Australia, it's very well accepted in the mainstream, even. And some insurance companies even accept EFT tapping as one of the. Uh, modalities that they'll reimburse. Wow, that's big. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, that's big. Wow. So in your work with um, clients, are you doing individual work? Are you doing group work? And how many sessions? Yes. I d- are you averaging? Yes, I generally work with one-to-one. That is my favorite. Mm-hmm. And it's the, you know, the place where we'll have the most, the biggest transformation. So I must admit that's my favorite. One-to-one sessions. And it's 12 sessions um, spread over it's either every week or every other week. And 12 sessions is the very minimum, I'd say, to dive deep into the fears, the limiting beliefs, the unresolved past wounds that are keeping the people-pleasing habit in place. 
So that's my specialty, people-pleasing, codependency. People have the same or similar stories to mine. And um, we really dive into parts of ourselves that may be resisting letting go of this protective mechanism because we don't want to just uproot the thing abruptly, violently, want to go in safely and gently and make sure that all parts of ourselves, meaning our different inner selves, like our inner child, our inner critic, uh, maybe our teen self, maybe, you know, that we have so many selves and we they all have to be aligned if we want the healing to happen. Mm-hmm. So another great distinction to make is that consciously we might say, I want healthy relationships. I want to be able to stick to my boundaries. But when you get into the conversation, you try to have the, the boundary conversation. It doesn't work out. You beat yourself up afterwards. There's a part of you. That means there's a part of you that does not feel safe to let that go yet. And so we want to dive deep into the UT sessions and really meet that part of you that doesn't feel safe yet and give them the support they need. Reframe the limiting belief so that they feel safe to let go of the reins and let you drive the car. And so, yes, we release the roots, the limiting beliefs, the fears, the unresolved past wounds, and then we plant new seeds, positive Mm -hmm. self-beliefs. We decide how you want to show up in the world now. How do you want to show up in relationships? And that's when we see the the new habits fall into place almost by themselves. Wow. (laughs) Wow, that's wonderful. Thank you so much, Annie. Tell the listeners how they can connect with you. Yes, people can find me on hushyourmind.com. I have a lot of blog articles with very valuable, generous content. Many people told me that they really appreciate it. I have my podcast, of course, Hush Your Mind. And people can find me on Insight Timer. At the moment, I'm offering... Uh, two free EFT sessions per month. That's 30-minute sessions in a group session on Insight Timer on different themes like people-pleasing, perfectionism, uh, the inner critic. And so that's an exciting way to get a taste of my work in a very safe way, just to see how you feel. That's a wonderful way to just get your feet wet a little bit. And uh, yeah, I'm also accepting podcast guests on my on my show if people want a free EFT session, I'm accepting guests and doing live uh, sessions and sharing the session to my audience so that people can feel inspired and uplifted by this modality and see what's possible for them. That is wonderful. Well, Annie, thank you. I'm going to be remembering to tap <laughs> as I'm in line <laughs> at the grocery store, Yes, wherever I am, and I'm feeling anxious and tense. I have to remember to do that Wonderful. more often. <laughs> All right. It's been a pleasure talking with you. Thank you so much, Dr. Sabrina. It was a pleasure. Thanks so much for tuning into Fuck Being Stuck, the podcast. Be sure to check out the show's notes for this episode on www.drsabrinanicole.com and follow us on social media. If you like this episode, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. We'll be back next week with more. See you then. Mm-hmm.